Hello and welcome to the very first Firewords podcast of 2018. Hope you had a great Christmas and New Year. Uh, we both did. I'm here with Jen. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about poetry, but I think some of the things we're going to be talking about will also be relevant for other types of writing as well. Yeah. So just before we get started, a quick word to say thanks to everyone who has purchased issue nine of Firewords. We've had a great response and it's really nice to see. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do so at firewords.co.uk forward slash nine. There's lots of amazing writers and illustrations and lots of things that will make January better. If it's as cold where you are as it is here in Glasgow, it'll be nice to curl up with some good reads. Mm. <laughs> it's like a dream. <laughs> so we're all wrapped up and we're ready to go. Kim, the main thing we're hoping to talk to you about today is just about what it means to be emotive in writing because we were at an event a couple of weeks ago and it was really great. It was like poets reciting their poetry to a small group and then discussing it afterwards. The only concern that I had from it, because they were like published poets who were doing very well for themselves, was just the kind of things they were talking about when they were describing how they came to approach the poetry they were writing. Obviously they're very good and they don't do this in every situation, but it was a case of almost like they had a tick box, which just seemed a bit detached. This whole this whole podcast, the problem with this podcast, first of all, let's just say is it's going to be subjective. What we're going to try and do is kind of use that to show how you can't really have rules in this area because poetry is subjective, but we did feel they were just like kind of going into for criteria to tick the boxes to kind of show that they were reaching a certain standard and the emotion was then lost. Yeah, so I just want to reiterate that we're not saying what's wrong or right or how you should do it, but this was just our observation. And I like going to these kind of events because you hear the poetry, but then you also get to ask questions and hear it from the poet's mouth, like the thinking behind it and why they did it. And that's why we came away thinking these things about maybe their motives for how they wrote the work wasn't the best. So that's what we're going to talk about now. And just again, reiterate, we're doing a lot of reiterating, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as well as the subjectivity, it wasn't just hearing the people describing their thoughts behind the work that was not very satisfying for us. It really was reflected then in the poetry they'd written itself. So you felt that if they'd been coming from a better place, the work they did would have been more engaging, more touching. So I guess to start, we're sitting here doing a podcast on poetry while we think that poetry really is unteachable. We're not going to sit here and go over different techniques that are used in poetry. There's a lot of different poetic techniques which are great and it should be used. So in that sense, you can be taught about them, but actually putting it all together and coming up with a great finalised piece. It's not teachable, it's not something we're going to try and do now. Yeah, and it's a really personal thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Or it should be. It should be, yeah. It can really vary and be approached so differently, yet it can still have a really emotional output. So just some examples, just from issue nine, just to show this, is three poems that we've got here, which are 
vastly different, but which we chose to publish because of the kind of emotional tug that they gave us. So first of all, we've got A Calling by Jane Adarte, and it looks at all the different meanings of mischief. So it's really full of like a play in words here. And the reader then questions who they are and who they identify with, but it's kind of done in a humorous way. Yeah, and it's quite simple on the surface, isn't it? But then the more you think about the meaning behind it, the different kind of layers you can get to it. Yeah. And I guess the two main concepts that the poets used is word choice and then the kind of animalistic symbolism throughout. So good, effective techniques showing that techniques are important, but coming at it from like a place which like the reader ends up identifying with and that's what really gets us. Yeah, and then we've got Backwater Gospel by Anna Tiller, which is really dark and violent and totally different. But it doesn't just rely on this violence to cause a reaction. It's the whole subject matter, which is emotive. And finally, there's Be Emoji by Toby Buckley, which brings the 2D to life and is again personal and lighthearted. So there are three examples of very different poetry, which still are emotive to us at the end. I'm just mentioning these now because it's showing how approaching poetry really in different ways can still have a really powerful effect. So there's no set rule. You can't have a formula in a tick box like seemed to be suggested at the event we were at. So while I've just been using some examples of great poets that we've found, when you're writing poetry, you've got to not be afraid to get it wrong or doing something that doesn't quite fit. But if you write for yourself and you're true to yourself and if you find genuinely find what you do emotive, then that's good enough. Yeah, you should do it for you. That's that's a really good lesson, I think. The examples we started with with people in their tick boxes is quite funny because their work seemed to come from a place of competition and like external gain. So they need to get published. They're trying to succeed at all costs and it it's dragging the poets to the opposite of what we would recommend and the detachment's obvious. I feel like the motive behind that is quite obvious and I don't want to say what the wrong or right reasons for writing is but you're going to have a lot more satisfaction if you do it for yourself. Other people will resonate with that. Just to clarify as well that we're talking here about emotive poetry. So this tick box idea, if you think back to high school and maybe a poem that you read there that didn't really do anything for you, you could write an amazing essay on that piece, can really analysing all the different techniques that were used. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and had like, to do that. Yeah. And you could, and you could make it sound like you loved it. It's easy to do, even in a poem, which doesn't leave you feeling anything because you have to. So I guess it's just a distinction between a kind of well-written poem from the sense of poetic techniques and bearing in mind that that doesn't always match directly to then one that's emotive for the reader. So I guess there's no point in going on about this for a long time. Just the main point that we really wanted to get across is that to succeed in having emotive poetry is to be basically purely personal. You may get it wrong, but you have to try. Yeah, and you have to remember that it's not going to work for everybody. You can't, no. you can't have an effect on every single reader because everybody's different it could resonate in ways that you didn't even expect or not at all. Yeah. 
As well as that, we're not at all saying that if you write with poetic techniques, you're really detached from what you're doing and it can't work. We're not saying that at all. It's just got to come from that place where you know what you're trying to say and you've got real drive to say it. So for us, only for us subjectively, um, no matter the subject of the poem, it tends not to be a motive for us if it's hyperbolic. So if it goes to extremes to get a point across and it's trying to be so attention-grabbing that it describes a pin on the floor as a sharp dagger that's going to pierce you in the heart. Okay, that's, that, that's quite a good example, actually, because I'm groaning just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> or you can over-egg the pudding with emotive techniques. <laughs> so... Try and pick out the poetic techniques that you think are emotive and just go for it. Yeah, it's easy to for it to sound forced that way, isn't it? Uh, or another thing that we see is the poet trying to shun emotion altogether instead using flowery language that doesn't resonate with people at all. Some of this can be good. Again, I don't want to imply at all that we don't think this should be in poetry because poetry is such a good place for this flowery language and it's like a place where it can really shine and you can be creative with it it's just all about overkill here I think Mm -hmm. just like so please don't labour it is basically what we're saying in our again subjective opinion the hyperbole the over-egging and the overuse of flowery language it seems disingenuous, so it doesn't really connect with us when we read it. It kind of sometimes feels like we are aware of the poet as a writer rather than the poem itself, and it feels that the poet's trying to manipulate us. That's a good way of summing up all those things. It's just if you're aware of the writer and if they're seeming to try too hard, then that's an obvious indication that it's not working. Mm. So be true at heart, people, and don't fear a rejection. I think that's a good place to stop please let us know what you think about this topic share your thoughts we tend to talk a lot about short fiction on this podcast and kind of subconsciously avoid poetry because it's such a subjective thing and such a personal thing to people who write it and read it and it's kind of hard to talk about in a way that doesn't seem like we're saying what's right and wrong but we thought this was a good topic and hopefully you agree so do let us know what you think at info at firewords.co.uk Yeah, next time on the podcast we're going to be talking about unexpected and unusual perspectives Um, so if you have any questions on that topic please send them our way as well Thanks for listening, bye Bye